standard issue for all women. Hello and welcome to this, our latest standard issue gigcast. Recorded at our new home in London, King's Place, it features the legend that is Helen Lederer, brilliant comedian Jade Adams and the boss, Sarah Millican. How's that for a lineup? We spoke about what we'd say from our house if it were ablaze, about therapy and about cats, because of course we did, plus a lot more besides. In fact, as you can probably hear, I'm not sounding my best today, so I might just let you get on with listening to what I said when I sounded a lot better. But just before you go, if you end this thinking, man, I wish I could go to one of those events, then the good news is you can. We have them all the time all over the country. Next up, we're in Canterbury and Edinburgh. And then we're back in London in the autumn when we already have some really exciting bookings that I can't yet tell you about. Oh, but I want to. You can find out more about who is on, when and where on our website, standardissuepodcast.com. And hopefully we'll see you seeing us very soon. Until next time. Welcome to the Standard Issue Podcast. So I'm Hannah Dunleavy. I'm a quarter of the Standard Issue team. And I did an interview yesterday in which somebody told me a fact. And I actually went, <gasps> there was like a full-on audible gasp. I didn't realise I was that sort of dainty person who did that. Did you do a swoon? Did you have to mop your brow? No, it was really Jane Austen. <gasps> Are you allowed to tell us what the fact is or not? Well, I can tell, I, I can tell you. It's a bit depressing, but I can tell you. They, they, it was someone who worked in a, a women's refuge in the 1970s. And they said that um, one day they'd answer the phone and it was an MP. And he said, uh, no, I've got a gentleman here in my office and you've got his wife and we'd like her back, please. <gasps> oh, we did it! We did it! It's proper God. worthy of that, isn't it? <gasps> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was a the 70s people. It was a happier time, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Jade? Hello, my name is Jade Adams. I'm from Bristol, but did live in Wales for about nine years. Clanfather, hang on. <laughs> oh, we don't believe you now. You got, got it wrong. I got, I got, I got, <laughs> Clanfather, go Wow. I, uh, I learned how to say that because I thought it would make Welsh people like me when I first moved there. <laughs> Turns out they didn't really care about that. Um, well, you just meeting someone and spitting in their face. Uh-huh. Just spat at them. And then I was like, be friends. Um, I was a priest in an inflatable church at festivals for about five years. I've married lots of people together. I once married Jake Shears to Amira from the Scissor Sisters. Um, <laughs> I don't think he remembers it. Let's just say that. <laughs> Wait a minute. (gasps) (laughs) And uh, also, I I think that's... uh, Oh, uh, uh, no, I think that... That's a good enough fact, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. Great I think that's pr- that, that's that. I'm. Oh, I I was a freestyle disco dancer for thirteen years as well. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> With some freestyle disco. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. Well, I, I wasn't. Might... I wasn't a pro. Sorry, <laughs> I just did it for hobbies. <laughs> I actually. Uh, there's. Uh, it's, it's quite sad, really, because you, in order to move up the ranks in freestyle disco dancing, you have to go from beginners, starters, intermediates, and champs. Those are the four heats in each of the categories. And in order to get from one to the other, you have to win three medals. Uh, in the first and second, uh, you have to o- either one, two, or three. But in obviously, if you go from intermediates to champions, you need to get three first. I did it for 13 years and never left beginners. <laughs> <laughs> but... Mother says the reason I had to do it was to learn about failure. (laughs) (laughs) That is harsh. She's and it still took you 13 years to learn about failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is this? Um, uh, I am Sarah Milliken. Oh, God, I don't have any facts. Um, I am one quarter of the Standard Issue podcast team and a comedian and a dog mom. Oh. And a cat mom, but he's sometimes an arsehole, so I never mention that. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, my fact... Oh, I've got a tattoo, uh, which, uh, if I hide it makes me look a bit like I might be Batman. (laughs) 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 That's my fact. That's all I've got. (laughs) I wasn't uh, a disco dancer of any kind. I'm so sorry, everybody. I let you all down. (laughs) Helen. Wow. Oh, um, um, a random fact. So I got... Who um, are you? 
Sorry. Oh, sorry. I don't, I don't know. I'm having a bit of a noir day. But, um, so my name is Helen Margaret Ledra. You didn't ask for middle names, but I thought I'd throw that in. Um, and a random fact, I got a position badge aged 10 for standing up straight. Um, and uh, that probably was the peak. <laughs> um, my education and um, then the other one was in my gap year well it wasn't the gap year I just fucked up my A-levels but anyway um, I ended up in a, um, asking for a job at a massage, a massage it said VIP masseurs so I thought obviously that'd be good VIP and um, ended up uh, learning what relief massage was um, and Ooh. also I got sacked um, I got sacked we talked about being sacked earlier in the green room relishing failure um, at, uh, as a waitress a Saturday waitress at Shea Maurice in Eltham um, I was sacked uh, after the first day why? Couldn't do the maths Okay, fair enough couldn't add up, didn't have confidence, didn't want to be there, hated everyone. Okay. <laughs> so I think that's reasons. generally people's experience of being a waitress. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a people person. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, My pleasure. <laughs> I'm Mickey Noonan. I am also a core of the Standard Issue podcast team. And on my train today, uh, there was a lady, a German lady, and she was coming down the aisle and she had a massive rucksack on and she bumped into a gentleman and she said, Careful, sir, for I am big in the behind. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just beautiful stuff. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Hannah, do you have a question? Shall I do a question? Okay. So, obviously, this week we saw people rushing into Notre Dame to save treasures from the fire. And I wondered what you would rush back into your house to save. We can already assume that your family and your pets are safe. So, so what's important to you in there? Let's start with Jade. Um, I would... Oh, this is so lame. I, um, all of my 16-inch figures of Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> that my boyfriend bought me in, in their entirety, except for Giles. He's hard to get, apparently. Um, I have those. Also, my cat Gus Gus's ashes that are in there. He's already dead, and I want to keep his ashes. Um, so I don't know whether that pets thing really um, uh, sort of goes over to, like, ashes of pets. I, uh, no, I think they're different things. Yeah, yeah. it's an object now yeah. rather than something I have to feed every day. <laughs> um, <coughs> and I would also say my collection of uh, wigs would have to come with me as well. Well, they would I only mean, make the fire worse. I was going to say, they're very flammable. <laughs> yeah, they're incredible. <laughs> all synthetic hair. Um, but I collect... Uh, I wear wigs a lot on stage, as you've probably told by the, the picture that was representing what I look like on this. Like, was the, no, um, I cut it off. Uh, but I, uh, I have so many of them that uh, I, I've, I, coll I collect ginger wigs, so I feel like I, um, I would be very, very upset if they went oh also my costumes oh no they have to come too oh there's a lot to get I'm really stressed out by this question <laughs> it, it's more like a supermarket sweep just <laughs> it's a trolley and it goes yeah no I'll be like Del Winton panicking in there no um, and I, dead because you've been too dead. long in the fire <laughs> also asthmatic as well um, so I would definitely be dead from the smoke Sarah <laughs> Can I ask a bit more about the situation? Um, am I in the house when it's on fire? Am I running into a burning house? Because I feel like the latter is very silly. Um, yeah, well, I suppose you saw your house was on fire if you had the chance to rescue something. Or you were in it and then you stopped on the way to round up I some stuff. I think all of these things are a terrible idea. You would just leave. I think if my pets and my... To be honest, if, if my cat was still in, that would be all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, he does not allow me to have bare legs in the house. He's very judgmental. Uh, Sorry, can I just have some clarity here? What do you mean the cat won't let you have bare legs? How does that work? Um, he scratches them whenever they're bare. Okay, other people knew that? Just no. Okay. no, well, do you, do you think he was it. just standing in front of my wardrobe going... Mm -hmm. I, I just <laughs> was trying to channel this really intelligent cat that communicated. Anyway, good. No, he just, he doesn't... 
I don't think he really likes me. Apart right. from when my husband's away, then he really likes me because somebody has to feed him. Mm. So, you know, not so much no, of an arsehole then. Did you say he's just a cat? Yeah, it's cats, isn't it? That's why I've got a fucking dog as well. Because <laughs> dogs are better. Sorry, everybody. Uh, <laughs> they are, because the dog just loves me and sits beside me and looks at me like Aww. I'm amazing. So if the dog was out and the husband is out and the cat is all out, okay, whatever, um, I wouldn't go back in. It's, I, know it's a, I know it's a hypothetical question, Hannah, <laughs> but it's also, to be fair, I would be that person on the plane who would go back for their handbag, though, because otherwise, how do you get in the house? They've yeah. not thought of that. Not only have you not got on holiday where you've been on the plane, you haven't been able to go home, you can't even get a drink because you haven't got your purse because it's on the mm. fucking plane. <laughs> if not, I'm definitely going to take my handbag if I'm in a plane crash, even okay. if it means somebody else doesn't get off. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I always get sat beside the... I know this is not the question. I always get... <laughs> I always get sat beside the emergency door because I look really responsible. <laughs> and I would absolutely be the person I'd want to be at that door. But also when they say, make sure everybody gets out, fuck off. <laughs> Me and my handbag are getting out of that door first. <laughs> so I wouldn't go in, into a burning building, though. I don't think I have anything that's worth my life. I know it's not, and now I've made it serious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, you would be available to help Jabe with the wig collection then, presumably. Could I put one on while I'm helping you? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks. That makes me feel all glam. I'd <laughs> love that. Yeah. I've got a great beehive. You'd look fabulous <gasps> in. Oh, thanks. It's great. You'd look really great in that. Especially in the green as well with the okay. ginger. Yeah, I'll lovely. try and wear the same top if I'm helping you out of your burning house. <laughs> <laughs> if you would, please. <laughs> Helen? Helen? <laughs> yeah, yeah um, oh, I think everything is replaceable, really. Um, handbag, I'm with Sarah on that. Um, I like a nice, big, heavy handbag that alters the way I walk and gives me backache. <laughs> I like that. I have a nice, fat filofax with old numbers, people who are dead. Um, <laughs> People I've had sex with, it's that old. Um, are, they, are, they the, are they the dead ones? Yeah, well, both. So many people have died who I've had sex with, it's just something Be- I do. Because of what yep. you know? No, it's, yeah. it's consequential. Are you that good? It's, well, no, alas, no. Um, and um, so we've got the handbag, we've got the filofax. And then recently I had to do a, a programme on diaries, which are all egotistical. We're all eager. I mean, I'm very egotistical. I've only interested in myself. And so I found these diaries that I'd written when I was in the guides. By the way, did you know that a girl guides uh, smiles and sings under all difficulties? Did you know that? Yeah. It's one of the guide laws. So they've changed that now probably for being modern. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I got my Melody Maker diary, um, 1968, where I talk about going to buy Levi's and Eltham High Street a lot. So I'd probably keep that, maybe. But everything else, what's the point? We're just here in this group, and that's it. That's the only important, in the now, that's it. That's it. I'm not interested in material things. Over now. Finny. Fair enough. <laughs> Mickey, materialistic? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it on. Everything. I'd go back and save everything. Um, Sean Connery bought me a Paddington bear. I'd probably rescue that. Hold on. What? Could you talk us through that? Yes, Um, please. Yeah, my my auntie, when she was younger, worked at Glen Eagles in Scotland. And Sean Connery came in and he left her a £20 tip. And she bought Paddington. 20 quid? Is that it? There you go. Sean Connery bought me Paddington bear. Is the way you interpret yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, the truth, yes. You hear these um, stories of celebrities, like, you know, sat, you know, and they write a check for the waitress, and, like, she looks at it, and it's like a £10,000 check. Sean Connery gave you 20 quid. <laughs> not me, I'm not that old. He gave my auntie 20 quid. Yeah. Was, that, was that a long time ago, though? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably worth a million pounds <laughs> now. That, that's it, yeah. A million pounds. So I'd save Paddington. What about my laptop? Is that out? No, I, I mean, I would, that would be the thing that I would... Because I've never backed my anything laptop. up in my life. Thanks, mate. No, I've never backed anything up in my life. And every time there's something wrong with my computer, I go, oh, back everything up, back everything up. And then I'm like, oh, fuck it, it's working again. <laughs> I'm telling you, Hannah, I've just been through this. Back up. Like, I've literally just been... I was bereft. Like, the stuff I've lost, you have no idea. OK, I'm, I'm going to be back later. <laughs> No, I know, because now I feel it really strongly, but when I get home, I'll go, oh, look, there's something that I haven't watched on the telly, and then I'll get distracted. And I'm worried for you. I have anxiety about this. <laughs> okay. Go and back up if you've not... Ba- if, if someone in here is not backing up... <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's good. I'm with you. I'm with you. Back up, guys. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what if you don't really know how? <laughs> I'm like 100... And, it says it's 170 days since I've done something. And, and it's too long and I don't know what it was and I can't do it now. <laughs> I'm so sorry I've made you anxious. <laughs> what if I just printed it all off? <laughs> yeah. Is that enough? That's enough. <laughs> I think we found adorable as well. <laughs> We found out why Sarah's house went on fire. <laughs> All that paper. <laughs> everywhere. Sorry, Mickey, I interrupted you. No, 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 but laptop, yeah. Okay. And so what about the laptop? Anything else? Um, well, to be honest, I already had two, like, things that I was really... I would say that were on the list that I've already lost through other means. One was my vinyl collection, which I lost when my parents had a flood. And then my mum went... So I just threw it away. <gasps> and I was like... <laughs> Which was very upsetting. And the other one was my cuttings box, which is, was a cutting of every single thing that I ever wrote when I was a journalist, which one of my cats got into and just shredded oh, no. and then shit on. Yeah. <laughs> cats are Frank? assholes. Yeah, they are. So she's they staying are. in. Peggy, you are in the fire by yourself. <laughs> my, cat, my cat is not alive anymore. I only had him a year. Oh. The reason he's not alive anymore... Uh, is because he was a bit too friendly. Like, he had no fear of cars whatsoever. Oh. He just decided that he'd just go and sleep underneath the wheel. Oh. Um, and, uh, oh, no. and then there was no more Gus Gus. But he oh. does now live in a little box uh, in my house, which, when I got my boyfriend, uh, finally, after the many years of being single, um, it was a conversation we had to have, which was, why is there a coffin in your... Um, <laughs> in your house, and he said, why haven't you buried it? And I was like, why would I do that? <laughs> I don't know whether it's his ashes or actually it's just some ashes. Can you make them into jewellery? Because I've been watching a very interesting programme this morning called Art in the Home or something similar. <laughs> and, um, and then you can actually get your um, ashes and fashion them into a ring or a memento. You could actually craft it. It's that woman who made a scarf out of her period blood. Well, I didn't know that, but I do now. She put a load of wool up her fanny. <laughs> Lovely. And then on her period, just just knitted. You saw this video. She just knitted out of and like like and then she like hung it up for like everyone to see. When she knitted, was the ball up there? Was she? And she knitting? pulled it as she was knitting, oh and and so the, the 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 she did it for a while, and the scarf was very long, and you could see where she came on and came off. Yeah, nice. I like, my question was there wasn't enough clots on it. Like I, it didn't look realistic to me. Maybe she'd let it dry and then pick them off. Yeah, maybe that was too much for her. Yeah. God, yeah. Is, is that why they brought back colouring books for adults? <laughs> Just seriously, keep them busy. But it's nice to think about craft, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been given, and I don't know what this says about me, but I've been given by two friends separately... Uh, a book on how to craft with cat hair. And I, I oh. can't work out if they just think they know me or if they've just looked at my leggings and my cardigans yeah. and gone, mm. she's got shitloads. Mm. <laughs> she's got loads spare. Yeah. I used to make Gus Gus a little quiff oh. um, out of his own hair, which oh. was quite fun. Did, did your cat love you or...? <laughs> Was it one way? Uh, no, he, he, he just like. Well, the cats only like you if you feed them. If you don't feed them, they don't like you. Yep. So um, I kind of love that. I've always, I'm, I've always been up for the chase, you know? Um, <laughs> dogs need it too. I like, I, I like it when people don't want me, you know? Um, the I think men are like that as well. That's where I'm getting at, really, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> sorry, I preempted. So sorry, I'm so innocent. There's a point there, sorry. Did you, did you see that thing the other day that they did? The scientists had done, a, done some study and they worked out the cat's cat can actually understand you like in as much as they recognize you, their name out of a selection of words and their ears will do a little twitch right but they won't respond because they don't give a fuck <laughs> my dog likes to take when it takes treats it takes them really politely oh, oh. Uh, and even if it doesn't like it it'll still take it like thank you very much and then you'll walk in the room later on and it'll just be in the middle of the floor because it didn't, didn't really want it. But, but there's an Instagram account and it's dogs eating... Is it dogs eating gently or dogs... Oh. It's, yeah, it's an, and it's basically dogs just really politely taking food. Oh. It's so adorable. Well, we're like that, aren't we? I mean, we, if we were at a dinner party, obviously we're not. There's too many of us here tonight. But say, 
<laughs> say if we were, I mean, um, you know that thing where somebody, I, I've been to two dinner. I never go anywhere, but I've had to do supper parties. I don't like to come to dinner parties because you'll accuse me of being middle class. I'm not, I'm mixed. Supper party, that's much fucking better. Okay, right. <laughs> so supper parties. But then the host emails you before and then says, is there anything you don't eat? Like, like very concerned. So then I go, rabbit, uh, pheasant, lobster and gristle. What would your, and then, then, then I don't get them. I don't get served them. It's gone quiet. <laughs> I'm so glad you managed to make it sound much less middle class. I know, but I'm not middle class. I just speak like this. <laughs> Can I take you all back in time to your childhood? Oh, yeah. I'm going to start with Sarah. Okay. And I would like to know, what was your favourite story that you were told as a child? Um, oh, God. You mean as in like a children's story or like a story that, like about the family or anything? Like, well, we no anything because well, I wasn't like read to as a kid. Uh, I was the one that did the reading, so my mum would give me a book and I would read the story aloud. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I was never read to. Um, did she go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Just from boredom. <laughs> yeah, same fucking story. There was one story I liked about squirrels, and I used to do that all the time. Uh, what stories did, was I told as a kid? Uh, there's a story about me that I was told. Okay. Oh, that I, uh, when I was very little, when we went on holiday, have I told you this before? When I went on holiday, we went round, uh, we were in Spain and we went round, I went for a wander around the beach. Uh, I think it must have been before paedophiles because you could just let your kids just <laughs> wander around the beach. They were the big beach. in the 80s, I think, paedophiles. Yeah, this was the 70s, okay. so that's probably why. Yeah. Uh, and I counted boobs because uh, it, was it wasn't a nudist speech, but there was a lot of topless <laughs> women and I counted boobs and I came back and told my mum I'd seen 93. <laughs> uh, <coughs> and that was always the story they would remind me of when they wanted to embarrass me. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Jade? Um, <laughs> my mum used to have at home like, uh, like a little set of playing cards that were only about the size of like a thumb. So like, well, they were like the size of like the tip of your finger. And she told me that that was because she was small, like a borrower. And, um, and so I always imagined that my mum was a borrower when she was, young, when she was younger. And um, I, fa- I found like lots of other things to sort of m- actually like, I-, I found lots of other miniature based stuff that um, made me believe that it was true. (laughs) Uh, So there was that story. Uh, Also, I was told... What was I told about? My brother is half Chinese. And um, true... I was say, it sounds like a start of a Tommy Cooper joke. My brother's half Chinese. Uh, no, he is. He's half Chinese. My, I, I don't seem the type, do I? Uh, I, I have an exotic family, but I do. But my, I'm more Chinese than my brother, and I'm not Chinese at all. Um, he he uh, was from my mum's first marriage to a man called Kinwon Pang. And um, he, um, uh, uh, he, had, he cheated on my mother with a woman called Ping. So now her married name's Ping Pang, but we're not allowed to laugh at that. <laughs> And then he's got two sisters called Sheena and Sharon Pang. And he's got a little brother called Jackie Pang, uh, which used to make me laugh, but I'm not allowed to laugh at that now. Um, but I, I, my, I, when we, we visit, I remember visiting that, fa- that family once. And I was told that I wasn't allowed to go into their living room and I had to sit in their kitchen of their restaurant. They had like a Chinese, we, I think it was like a Chinese chip shop or a restaurant or something. And I had to sit into the, uh, into the restaurant because um, you couldn't have, I remember, and mum denies this, but I remember it was because you couldn't have too many women in one room at the same time. So me and my sister had to sit in this metal kitchen. In case you all start knitting. <laughs> Just knitting our period. It was yeah. actually me that uh, did that. No. Um, but we couldn't have... We couldn't have a... Yeah, I couldn't... That was a story that I was told as well. But, oh, oh, but mum denies that story completely. She doesn't deny the borrower one. She did say that she told me that. And I said, <laughs> yeah. um, was there a day that you realised that she had been a normal-sized child? Mm. Um, yeah, I saw a picture of her, that sort of stuff. <laughs> That'll do it, yeah. Uh, she saw, she's only five foot four, five foot five. 
Um, my dad's tall, which is where I get my height from, but uh, she's only small, so it was quite plausible that she was... Are you was a tall Chinese in any way? Uh, sorry? Am I a tall uh, Chinese? Yeah. No. None. Uh, not one bit. Uh, the brother is, though. Got it. Um, but uh, he's, like, not... He, he sort of knows not very much about his... My mum raised him, and he... Um, I, he doesn't like he's an electrician he's very like he's a normal guy and he's got three kids and he's a really good dad and uh and he like he doesn't really have anything to do with my life like this whatsoever he's so he's so like away like that this is my entire life doing this job and he's so away from it and i am um, i you know i joke he's really he's got a really dry sense of humor as well and uh so when we do hang out and we have moments i think about it lots um <laughs> because we're 10 years apart so it's quite hard for us to connect but when we do I really cherish it um, but he said to me um, I was like I said to him I was like why don't you um, he's an electrician I said I said to him um, why don't you come and watch me do uh, comedy and he said you don't watch me do electrics <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't have you no you haven't been to see him no I don't no. come and watch him do any sort of plugs or I don't know what it is he does but I know he, a lot of that a lot of screwing in stuff and <laughs> He's very good at it. He won an award. Oh, my God, he won an award for it. I've never been more proud in my life. Because, you know, like the comedy industry, there's lots and lots and lots of awards that you can get and stuff like that. And I'm praised quite a lot within my job. The two siblings that my parents still have, um, I'm the one who gets a lot of praise and a lot of adoration. He probably gets spoken about with me a lot. So I sort of try and not bring that on him. But I, um, he, like, he got... He's He's been having, you know... He, life crisis and stuff like that and we lost my sister in 2011 and I've been in this world so I've been able to I've got a lot of great people around me and artists and stuff that know how to um, uh, talk to me about it and I've been able to come through it in a different way whereas he's just a normal guy and he's sort of processing his emotions differently but like during all of this last year he was like named sort of like the UK's top manager in his job and it was just like even out of all of the stress and pain that he's had he was still able to do his job really well and like he, he he'll get no praise for that at all like not in the sort of wider sense of the world so i i'm just using this opportunity to what's, say yeah, yeah what's his name he's called kane pang and what was his award i UK. think it was like sort of best regional or like best regional manager or something but basically it was sort of voted for by the people that work for him he would have got an award he would have been to a situation like this and then shook a hat and then someone had taken to... a photograph and bowed and maybe it was queen alexandra or someone who gave it. <laughs> <laughs> and i, something can't, would have I can't believe even though he's been he's won an award you still haven't been to watch him do his electrics <laughs> terrible fucking sister you are I am if he puts it on at Soho Theatre I'll definitely come and watch him I'd actually go because I don't think there's enough electrician stuff content in the comedy <laughs> and I would actually champion that what the, hang on here's a question what would the title of the show be the electrician show like it'd have to be a pun. I'd go. Sp something sparks wouldn't it yeah bright, bright sparks bright sparks something yeah. like that and him, him with like a light bulb going <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like, in, instead of like with a microphone on his head, looking wacky, like he's like holding like a, 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 a like a. Like you don't a even know what he holds. No. <laughs> a Phillips screwdriver. A Phillips screwdriver. He's got one of them on his head, but it looks menacing. Current like, affairs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I used to write. She I wasn't listening to what you were saying there because she was working yeah. it out in her head. I used to write headlines. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, what story were you told as a little one? Do you mean like how did they con you into thinking that? What lies were you told? <laughs> <laughs> um, because I used to read the Bunty comic. I don't know if anyone else, I'm very much the oldest person in the room, I'm fine about that. Um, eating a nougat. The two things had to go together. Uh, you know that big nougat? One is pink and one is white. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. I would walk up to Falconwood Station, I would get my Bunty comic, and I'd have my nougat, and I would wait. I would not eat that Bunty until I got home. And I think that was my first kind of orgasmic experience <laughs> just just the bunty comic and the nougat together and then did i'm writing that down uh, <laughs> and no but i ate it i didn't insert it anything um and then it would be like the four marys i don't know if anyone knows the four marys but um, a real power thing i would like us to take this forward as a new genre like they, one was bossy one was good at sports one you know oh um, that's like the Spice Girls? Not, <laughs> not. But um, 
And anyway, so then they, my, because I come from, because my dad was foreign and Czech, a bit like the Chinese, except you're not, because we've established that. And I asked a thick question, and I chastised myself, and I go home and go, why did I say that? So, uh, the audience knew she wasn't Chinese. I had to ask them a question. <laughs> anyway, um, and the thing is, um, so uh, they didn't talk about our past, it was all quite tragic. So that's part of my paranoia, I think. I've inherited, and I'm grateful to my family for that, which I've gifted to my daughter. Um, <laughs> Is I always think people are talking about me even when they're not, or sometimes they are. It's fine, I live with it. It's all gone quite well so far, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Hannah, what was your favourite story that you were told? We didn't get read stories at bedtime. We did, well, like you, we just read, and then my mum would come to life. My dad used to tell us stories, but he only ever told us stories that were like actual stories from history that would genuinely terrify you. And you would go to bed thinking, oh my God, what if I got shot in the eye with an arrow? Or, like, what if I marry someone and he cuts my head off? Um, but actually, all my favourite stories were real stories because my dad's one of 13, or he was one of 13. Wow. And all of their, their house just sounded like carnage, but, like, the fun and drunken fun. And my auntie Jackie, one of his sisters, told me once that they had a party and my uncle Dennis was jiving really enthusiastically with this woman and she fell out of a window. <laughs> And sometimes when I'm just a bit sad, I think about that story and it just, oh. just makes me laugh. Just <laughs> fell out of a window. Jived out of a window. Ground floor. Well, they lived in one of those houses where you went up some steps to the front and then there was like a basement was flat in the bottom. Up. So she came out of what was essentially the ground floor, but oh. into the basement flat. Um. She lived to tell the tale, oh, apparently. Oh, that's good. I would have laughed even if she hadn't, to be honest. <laughs> but it is quite funny when people fall, I, because none of the questions that we're being asked are questions I have any familiarity with. They're all rather odd. Um, <laughs> but um, I just remember someone falling. I was 17 and I went on a Russian school trip to Moscow because, OK, I was a bit middle class, so was everyone. Um, but anyway, went to Russia, and the, the tour guide in the coach... She just opened the door and she fell out of the coach. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so sorry, we just, uh, we laughed about that as well. But she didn't die. But it is quite funny when a surprising thing happens and someone falls away from what you think would be normal. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. laugh, I, I once, I don't think I've, I ever, I recover, I've, you know when you laugh, something's really, really funny, but then you like, uh, you can recover from it. It took me hours to recover from the time that my mum, it's another cat story. Um, okay. um, but my mum's got this cat called Blue. He's an arsehole as well. Uh, he's such a prick. Um, they like, all are. They're, like, no, this My one's like, really nice. he stinks. He's like got a tooth missing. He like makes this <laughs> noise. Like, <laughs> noise. He's horrible. Like, <laughs> um, and, he, uh, and he don't like anyone. He only likes the people. He's a real grumpy little shitbag. But he had fleas for the first time when he was younger. And um, we had to like deflee him. But we didn't know that you could get those drop things that go on the back of their thing. So we tried some them out. So we were like, right, let's take him out into the garden. We'll put him on a lead. And then we'll like spray him with <laughs> spray him with the spray him with spray him with the fleece the fleece stuff. And we mum had mum had him on the lead. And um she sprayed we sprayed the cat with the flea spray and he ran up my mum's body <laughs> and like put his two front uh, his two front paws on her head and then sat on her head like that like you know like I was uh, uh, when a cat's scared like that and she was running around the garden with the cat on her head and I couldn't help because I couldn't stop laughing he was like terrified like a cartoon and his tail was up and his all his fur was up and like she, her eyes she couldn't she couldn't blink and she was screaming and the cat was screaming and I I, 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 will, I will never forget that moment of pain. She was in so much pain and so angry with me for hours for not caring about her. More than I find it funny that she had a cat on her head in an arch like that. One of the most truly magnificent things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> She's come a long way from a borrower route, hasn't she? <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> 
Hannah, do you have another question? Do I have, did you have an answer to that one? Uh, my mum used to always say one of the, my favourite stories was uh, she drove for a living and she used to drive us everywhere. There was just the two of us and we'd be driving presumably to my grandma's or something and she'd go, oh, we're going on an adventure, which inevitably meant we were lost. <laughs> and there was no sat-nav or anything. And so, yeah, whenever I heard... We're going on an adventure. That was my favourite story because we just end up somewhere weird in a petrol station having a sandwich. It was lovely. <laughs> M- my dad would never admit that he didn't know where he was going. So when that bit where he'd go round and round and round about, he'd try and dress it up like it was like a fun. Woo, we're going round again, girls. <laughs> Be like, I'm 17 now, Dad. Just admit you don't know where the fuck you're going. <laughs> Um, whose career do you look at and think, oh, I'd like a bit of that? Helen. Oh, Lord. Well, obviously, the two... Well, all of you are on stage is the first, the correct answer. We <laughs> <laughs> um, told Helen there were points. <laughs> very envious. Um, but we have to learn not to make comparisons, I'm told, by my sixth therapist, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, How does she line up against the first five? I don't know. The first one, interestingly, didn't speak. And when she did, she had a very quiet voice. You had to lean forward to get your money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And she wore a dirndl and sandals, and it was an odd look. And she had the book uh, opposite in my eyeline called Suicide. Uh, So I tried not to take as a suggestion. Anyway... um, so um, the question was, who do I admire? Is that right? Or I yeah. paraphrased it horribly. But apart from... Mm, 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 uh, mm, um, um, well, I don't know. People who just do stuff from nothing. I was thinking the, one, the person, obviously dead, all my icons are dead, as you know, um, the person who did the body shop, Anita thing. Right. She did something from nothing and did a thing and made, and made a difference. I think people who do nothing from something and make a difference and there's a legacy. Thank you. Uh, like Kylie Jenner, the self-made billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> what well, an inspiring story that is. <laughs> I buy that. Listen, I'm impressed. Anyone, yeah. I'm, no, I'm in awe of anyone who can do that kind of thing and make the world a better place. I guess sort of similar to what Helen says, people who kind of create their own work, I've always admired people who create their own work, um, uh, I'm going to say Richard Heron uh, because I like that whatever he does, he's just made it himself. I like that he's created podcasts, which are huge now, and he's also uh, created odd podcasts where he plays himself at, tennis, at uh, snooker, which is a very odd thing. <laughs> uh, but everything he does, he started himself. And I just, I've always, it's a sort of similar, mm. similar story to Helen, really. So I'm going to say Richard Heron. That's nice that, uh, if I may interject, because obviously I haven't all evening. Um, (laughs) But um, um, but I just think that people who are authentic and just can weather all these years and just still do their own thing, Mm. and and that is... Just from sheer hard work. Yes, and and truth, really, uh, even though not everything's going to succeed. That's quite a good role model to have in one's mind, so I'm glad Mm. you said that. Yeah. Thanks. Jade? It's okay, Sarah. <laughs> um, I, I had well, my I say true hero is probably Bette Midler, um, just because I've loved every movie she's ever made, even the ones everyone hates. Um, I think she's tremendous in everything she makes. Uh, I also think she's an incredible singer. Um, and I weed on her toilet once. What? Did you? you did. On her toilet. Oh, we got to hear In that. In her toilet. Like, I used her toilet. Did you meet, did you meet her before? Um, well, I, <laughs> do, you want, do you want the story? Yeah, please. So I did uh, the Royal Variety when Bette Midler was on. And uh, we were told there were two ladies' cubicles within a ladies' toilet. And then the other ones were in a different building, like, miles away. Not miles, but, you know, I can't be asked. <laughs> and we were told the two ladies' toilets, one was for Bette Midler and one was for Ellie Goulden, which I didn't think were level. i got a anyway. story about Ellie Goulden, but oh anyway, we'll carry on. Has it got nothing to do with urine? Because... <laughs> Anyway. And then yeah, this um, is exciting. So yeah. I thought if I needed, like, because it was the Royal Variety, I was I 
tummy troubles because I was nervous. So I thought if it was anything where I was going to pebble dash, I'd go to the other <laughs> block. But if it was just a wee, I'm not going to go all the way over there for a wee. So I thought I'd risk it. And I'd heard from other people that Bette Midler would, could be quite ferocious. And I was quite nervous in case I bumped into her. And I thought, what's the likelihood? You know, she's <laughs> practising whatever she's doing. Doing all of her me, 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 me's in her room. Uh, so I went in for a wee uh, and I went into the Bette Midler cubicle because if you're going to do it, you don't piss on Ellie Goulden, do you? And, <laughs> and I came like out it. and she walked in as I was washing my hands and I thought, oh, God. And she went, hello, that was it. And I went, hello, and I walked out and that was it. So it's, oh. not, it's not the best story in the world, but I thought because you love Bette Midler so much, you would like to know that I'd weighed in her presence. Oh, my God. I think that shows such audacity and individual spirit i almost disregard want, I for any it. rules <laughs> I, I want to go back but i yeah, find no, I want that, to but i it. find that bold don't you bold i didn't pebble dash no well it's even if you had i wouldn't be able to have like, i mean if i have a piss there's normally a little poo that comes out so <laughs> every time I, pretty much every time yeah there's always a little bit of something that comes out as well i super relax everything and then i'm like oh there's more that's fine most of the time. You haven't done that with Bet, though, have you? You just admire Bet. I just yeah. admire her. Yeah, I, I mean, that's more of a, like, uh, in types of, like, what I would like my career to sort of turn into. Like, I'd say a more modern version of, of what she's achieved. I'd really loved, I'd love to be the type of person that was in a lot of rom-coms. I'd, lo I'd love to do, I'd love to be like, you know, like how um, Rebel Wilson is now sort of becoming that. I'd love to be like a British rom-com uh, person, uh, thing, person, mm. woman, um, and an <laughs> in, uh, independent woman uh, in a rom-com uh, who says, uh, a lot. <laughs> and so she has that, and, but also at the same time, she still also does like stand up and, like, stand up and sing in as well. And, she does um, those serious things. You know that thing where you have to cry where somebody died? What was that film? The, the, the Wings Beneath My... Be Beaches. Thank you, Beaches. And that wasn't... She wasn't doing stand-up she, then. She died of cardiomyopatha. But my, 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 oh, why have I forgotten? Her uh, friend did, not... Her bet. friend did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her best friend who she fell out Spoiler, with. Spoiler, if anybody hasn't seen Beaches. <laughs> <laughs> we just covered that between us. Sorry, everyone. There's the best song in it. It's not Wind Beneath My Wings, though. That's always the one that they all say it's the best one, but the best one is Otto Titzling. That is the best song in Beaches. It's she's doing a play within a play, and she's um, playing, and she yeah, and it's like the best scene in the whole movie, and um, and she tells this story about uh, how Otto Titzling was actually the inventor of the brazier, but actually um, Philip de Brazier from Paris came and stole the invention one late late one night, and she is so well acted, and and she's just fun and entertaining, and I like I really really want to be like a, just an entertainer. I want to be like Michael Barrymore pre Paul. Me if I'm wrong. <laughs> That's what isn't. Yes, I think she's very entertaining. Yeah, personally. yes. I do, but I'm still on that. I mean, like I'm still like creating work, and I, I love that all of that bit. But there's also you, as a female comedian, you get pressure to do a certain thing because of trend and, and things like that. And I, there's a sort of pressure when you're a female comedian, especially with the way the Edinburgh Fringe works as well, that you have to have a point and you have to like be sort of changing the world or like raising money for charity or like you know like there's some sort of serious issue that you've got to talk about. And I and my new show that I'm writing this year, uh, Clang, um, uh, dro drop that in. Um, I'm, I'm sort of subvert, I'm taking the piss out of that this year, which is like, but at the same time, probably making a point, which I've, and like last year's show was just a pure hour of entertainment. And that's what I want to do. So when she's done that, and I, and I, w I hope that the trend comes back round mm. where it's just like, I can just do the show that she did. But I think, yeah. I think, I don't understand who's telling you to, to be a certain way. Who, when you say that, there's a pressure in Edinburgh for uh, the French for it's people reviewers. To be, reviewers tell fuck me. them. They exactly. don't matter. No, I know. Because you can't. You, I mean, I went back now. this year, and we were both up there this year, and I, I had no plan, and people were surprised. I had no plan other than at age 63, I would just go, I have to do this. I just need to do it. So I wasn't planning a tour, didn't have. What I sold out, and then I owed a promoter nine hundred pounds, which is quite interesting. But um, it, just the way Edinburgh is. But but I I couldn't have won. I hope some people laughed in that hour. I could never remember my lines or anything, but I kind of workshopped it. Um, but it was just to have that experience. But I couldn't have won because if you don't, uh, I have some sympathy with what you're saying because. But I think your question is really good because I don't fit a mould. I don't. 
I'm I'm just me. So I'm not anything really other than me entertaining that group in that moment. That's why and I'm that's, a bit existential <clears throat> about it. But that's and why I the no people plan. have bought the ticket because they want to see you Genuine. and they want to be entertained by you. So it didn't they, make too many but points. They're your, they, I always think I'm sort of self-employed, but I've also got loads of mini bosses and they're all the fans because they're the ones yeah. that I want to please. And yes. I, I remember my third Edinburgh... I didn't have a theme because you're always told it's probably better to have a theme because it's easier to sell tickets if you can see it. And now we're about cheese. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. They come see you. So, well, yeah, but they don't initially. They see, they read a thing and then maybe they're interested. So maybe it's a hook to get people in that's the door. Where I, that's where I am at in my... But my, my third year, I didn't do... I decided I didn't have a theme because I what I, I'd written an hour of jokes and there wasn't an overriding theme. And then I was interviewed by Edinburgh Festivals magazine in like May and the festival's not till uh, August and he said, the interviewer said what's the theme? And I said, oh there's no theme and he went, okay, next question and I thought, fuck that was piss easy, wasn't it? <laughs> and I totally got away with it and people just came and enjoyed the show and I see what you mean but I think you're becoming, you're your theme yeah. you're the theme, they come to see you and they come back to see you yeah. So and also I think um, if you go, like if there's a trend or if there's a fashion for a thing, by the time you latch onto it, you've missed it. So the only thing you can really do is just always be yeah. you. Which yeah. I, I, I do. You are 100%. Yes, yeah. I, yeah, I can't be anyone else really. Well, and also great. being yeah. quite negative. I think to be funny, I mean, how, you know, we all have our different versions. All of us, every single person in this room has their version of what's funny. So none of us are going to agree on it. Yeah. But there is something, and, and that's great. That's how it is. But if, if you are able to make people laugh, that's, that's what you can do. And to, um, but I understand the pressure. But I think being negative is not, for me, being negative is not helpful. Um, I have to, if I'm going to be negative, it's about myself. Do you know what I mean? It's just negative humour is not, doesn't make, is not always funny. Well, well it it's just, not it, my bag. But yeah, and what, you know, everybody finds different things funny. I That's just, it. I don't want you to... I don't want you to worry about what everybody else is doing. And don't worry about reviews. So I have just finished my tour... And I got exclusively bad reviews really? for this show. Yeah. So I don't read them anymore. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked. Uh, apart from in Australia, where they didn't feel the need to knock me down, uh, I got a good review in Australia. And all the UK reviews were exclusively bad. All of them. Every single one. And I performed to 283,000 people. And I don't wow. give a shit what the critics yeah. think. <laughs> that's... It doesn't... If you're just you all of the time, it doesn't matter what they think. And it proves you right at the beginning. It proves you're the genuine article. So if we if we are kind of pandering or we think we have to belong to a tribe because those are those are the jobs you're going to get, then that there's a shelf life to that, and you'll you'll go on forever. But you know, it's like the moment you know yourself when you're not being authentic. I hate. Mm. I can't. I can't. I don't sleep at night when I'm not. There you are. Yeah. You. So, I, you, if I feel like I've been inauthentic at any point, in fact, my therapist—I've got a therapist, not because there's anything wrong, but because there might be. Um, <laughs> Insurance. I, I thought I just all got gone, a therapist. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. I I'd gone, I, it's tax deductible as well because I can use the information in a show, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't fucking thought of that. That's great. That's what I've learned. To she do. said it to me in it. In the in the my, <laughs> she's. I got a really. I like. It's it's. If anyone's thinking about getting therapy, you haven't got it. It takes a little while to find the right one. I had one woman who, uh, after my sister died, um, I was uh, told to go and get some grief counselling, and I had this woman, and she put like three dictaphones on, which I didn't understand why. Like she was like, "Can I record this?" And I was like, "Yeah," which I shouldn't. She shouldn't have. But she did like th there were three of them, and then she answered every time I spoke to her. She she was like. Mm, 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 mm. You know, like when someone can't like just listen, and she would just go, mm, 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 mm. and I and I remember being like so. I'm, I'm angry about it now because also I was grieving as well. So I'm literally like grieving. Jay just didn't fucking give a shit, mate. Like I just went. Ra I, I was like a bowl. I was like a wrecking ball. Like I just didn't. I you have a little card for a couple of years after you've lost someone to just go, do what you want, go and do it. Um, if you lose someone, like you get two years, people don't have a go at you about it. I tell you, just fucking go for it. Do whatever. It is, don't like murder or, or like don't murder 
murder or like sleep with children or anything, but like go off <laughs> and do whatever. If there's someone you don't kind of like, go and tell them. Like it's just, it's such, a, it's so great. And people are like, she's grieving. It's absolutely fine. Because everyone feels guilty about it as well. It's like, she's grieving. She's allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do any of this stuff, but people like, anyway, if anyone's like thinking of going to do it, it's really, if you get the right one, it's great. But you'll, if you get the, sh- if you get a shit one, it sort of, it scares you out of it for a little while. But I really like it's. I, I don't know if you girls have had. You all you We've seen one? We have loads of therapists. I mean, hundreds of them, and it's really expensive as well. Yeah. I have to pay for mine, and then you just go. And I did the I tried one that did buy. Um, uh, when I say buy, I mean hypnotherapy and talking. And then because I'm a people pleaser, and I think we're. I pretend I was hypnotized, and I wasn't. <laughs> So it's all nuts. It's all nuts. Oh, fucking love you. That's awesome. That's part of the problem, really. <laughs> my friend gave me my friend gave me Reiki once, and it did nothing. No, no, it won't, because it's just hands there. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I once Me- had a reflexology on your feet, you oh, know, nice. and yes. uh, where they point out parts of the rest of you that are fucked by saying <laughs> you've got a bit of gristle on your foot there, that means you whatever gland is, yeah. And I went, I left with more ailments than I went in. <laughs> <laughs> but but I had a lovely foot rub, it was the, smashing. The rub is nice, the rub is, yeah. who doesn't oh. like a rub? Um, Just a chat. Yeah, but then we always go, and did you did you pick anything up in a hopeful sort of way? Because that's fifty pounds. Did you pick any? Uh, as you say, and then they go, yes, um, a lower back pain, and then that's it. So you go, yeah, I knew that anyway before I had the reflexology. <laughs> <laughs> So. I don't like a rub. Oh, God, if anyone touched like my foot, I'd Certainly not by someone I've never met before. The idea that you walk into a room and then some stranger puts his hands on you... Oh, it's like... better a stranger. You don't want to know the person. Because yeah. <laughs> then you've got to have sex with oh. them, haven't you? <laughs> and then they die. Really awkward. And then they die. <laughs> I would like to know what your worst habit is, please, and I'm going to start with Sarah. Uh, well, um, I was gonna. I just looked at my hands there because I don't bite my nails, but I do pick the skin around my fingers when mm. I'm stressed, mm. and so it means at the moment they're all in a hell of a state because I've just finished my tour, so I'm stressed. But I'm hoping in the time that I have before I go back to work, I can grow the skin on my fingers again. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. That's cool. Yeah, and probably my worst habit is not. I'm not very good at not working. I think that's my worst. It's not. Is that a habit? Is that just a fault? Mm. Maybe. I'm really. Uh, I finished my tour. I've got a radio project coming up, and then I've got nothing for a while, and I'm genuinely terrified about what I, how I fill that time, what I do, how I function, because I'm a complete and utter workaholic. Yeah. So that's me. Jade. Uh, I'll I'll speak from the point of view of my boyfriend. Uh, because all of the my habits, I, they would be very earnest. Um, I would like they would make me out to be a very good person. Because immediately <laughs> I was thinking, what are my habits? And I was like, Do you know what? Feeling sorry for assholes. I'm, but no, that's not the worst thing about me. If you're if my if my boyfriend was to say, it would be leaving cupboard doors open. Um, he says he will leave a kitchen. He'll leave a kitchen and come back, and it'll look like a poltergeist has been in our house. <laughs> Um, I'll say it now. I shit with the door open. Even in public toilets. <laughs> Front door, the old neighbours come in. We've seen you on an advert on television. <laughs> um, uh, I'm really untidy. Like, I, I ain't got no time for that stuff. Like, I'm really untidy. He's wonderfully... He's had kids, so he, he's really good at, like, picking up after a child. Um, so, but he's, like... I mean, when he's, in, when he's stressed and he's got other stuff going on, he's a right arsehole about it. But, like, you know, I know... I, I, I'm always like, it's, this isn't about me. This is about... Blah, 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 blah. Um, but it is about me and how... But I, I try really hard, because I know that he, he... Things I don't like about him, he... He, try, he changes, and so i got to be tidier. But I just want to get a cleaner. Is that so bad? I was uh, chatting to our friend Kelly before the show, and she described when she cleans her house. She lives in the countryside. She's got two dogs. She says, you know, every now and again, I give stuff a scrape. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Kelly. I love that. <laughs> we're, we're defi- 
it? Listen, I I was having a drink with someone the other day who um, got a friend of mine who got drunk and said our house was dirty, and I was like, hang on a minute. I got really for someone who's really untidy, I got really offended <laughs> at someone. It's not dirty. There's no dirt around. It's clean. It's just like a lot of like our house, our flat looks like we're selling all the stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> We have, like, we can't, we, the shoe collection is insane. You'll never see me in the same pair of shoes twice. I've got an insane, like, like, it's, that's, we've got stuff. There's loads of stuff around, but it's clean. So I just let you know I'm clean, okay? It's just untidy, all right? Disorganized. Helen? Stop judging me. <laughs> clean is good. My grandmother looked at, used to look at me, she said, Helen, but you are clean. And this was a good point. Uh, it's good to be clean. Yes. The, the rest of your life can be a mess, but as long as you have hygiene every day. And um, <laughs> when I was hitchhiking around Europe, because I, um, in my day that's what we did, and you don't do that now, obviously, um, I always used to have to wash, have an undercarriage wash. Too much information, they'll cut that. But um, probably not rude nowadays by your standards, sorry. Um, but, um, we've, been li- we've been knitting periods. I know, Nobody's sorry. And I, I'm worried about undercarriage anyway. Um, Nobody's cut your undercarriage. I know, so I'd always, I was with a boyfriend and we always have to find a cafe with running water to do the undercarriage every day. And I'm proud of that for a whole month. Every day, a clean undercarriage. Obviously not now. No. Um, <laughs> so, habit, same as you, Sarah. I have, I've tried to grow my nails and now these are trying, these are small little things, but they're false because I just can't do that. And I have to work and I'm doing a I'm doing an administrative job at the moment, setting up a prize. I'm very bad at it. It's admin. I can't do it. So I'm quite noir, as I was sharing with my group earlier. Um, And it's a bad habit, very bad habit. Let's move on to when something nice will happen. Maybe now. Um, Also, (laughs) drinking. I like to drink with people I don't necessarily know very well. Is it the same people who massage your feet? Yeah, either. All come as welcome. (laughs) And I'll be looking around tonight, because I know everyone else has got plans. I haven't. Um, (laughs) And I want to get pissed. There's a place opposite. I want a couple of drinks. If anyone wants to join me, that will make my <laughs> evening complete. I need to get drunk. Just two doubles. Mick? <laughs> Got any bad habits? My bad habits? They're well documented on standard issue, but I pick my feet till they bleed. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. My mum does that. Oh, I just aim it for that time. I have a cat on my Ooh. head. <laughs> do you, what do you do with the skin? Hannah? Do you eat it? You eat it, don't you? Yes. You always go that one step too far. <laughs> Boke. I'm sorry. You Jade. eat it, don't you? You just outed me. Do you eat your bogeys as well? Of course. No. Yes, she does. Oh, yes. Don't you dare get offended. At least 50% of the people in here eat their bogeys. You do. You know you bloody do. Not he in does. public. He does. We probably need to wrap this up. What's your bad habit? I, I leave everything to the last minute. In fact, Brexit has been a real eye-opener for what a pain in the balls I Were must be. Were you supposed be. to sort that out? Absolutely everybody <laughs> in my life. That whole, but it's happening tomorrow, what's happening? And I go, oh, I don't know, I'll ring you in the morning. And people get really angry with me. So, yeah, this last few months has been a bit of an example of how bad I am. Um, before we go, does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Can I plug something? Yes, yes. please. Um, so, um, and I know that you support this. Uh, so, because you set up the thing, the standard thing before. The standard thing. The standard um, thing. Which I know a lot about because I'm here. Um, so I set up a Comedy Women in Print Prize to um, create a platform for funny female fiction novels. So that's what I've been doing when I haven't been doing anything else. But who's to say I would have done anything else anyway? So at least it's something. <laughs> Great attitude. Yeah, fuck it. Um, I'm writing a show at the moment called The Ballad of Kylie Jenner's Old Face. (laughs) Already want to see it. Already want to see it, yeah. Um, And it's basically me trying to take myself seriously as a stand-up. I'm obviously going to be failing miserably at that all the way through. I'll be wearing it in a black turtleneck or as a serious black jumper, as I like to call them. Please tag me in others that you see. When celebrities are trying to take themselves seriously, they always wear a serious black jumper and like stand in front of the UN and like end world poverty and things like that. Um, <laughs> but the show, I'm going to be doing previews in London and around. If you see that, if you like to see things in their infancy, but if not, you can come up to the Edinburgh Fringe um, 
uh, to see it at the uh, Pleasance 2 at 9.30pm. Uh, but please come. It, or I, I, I've been referring it to as as my Mona Lisa, but every year I give it some big thing. I, you know, I, I mean, last year's show was great. The, the one before was fine as well, but this one's the best one, obviously. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Boss? Uh, oh, uh, I am making a radio series for Radio 4, uh, and you can get tickets if you want to come and see it, uh, it, it sit in the audience, uh, or just follow me on social media and I can tell you how to do that. Uh, and it's called Elephant in the Room, and it's a mm -hmm. panel show with uh, me as host and... Three female guests and one male guest. Because, you know, I've got to give them a go. I love that. <laughs> Mick? Standard issue. Um, yeah, we do this. The next time we're back here is May the 19th. And we have got me and Jen. And we've got Catherine Tate and Sindhu V. So it's going to be a corker. Oh, like this one has been, obviously. Um, and you can follow us at Standard Issue UK. And we've got a website, standardissuepodcast.com, where you can find information on all of the things we get up to. We are also in Edinburgh. Um, yeah. Yes, not for the whole run, uh, just for a couple of days. Um, in fact, those tickets go on sale tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. Um, and we today today yeah. today yeah, yeah okay you would have gone up and then uh, we are also we've also got an event at the in Canterbury on the twenty first of July um, which tickets will go on sale for that soon as well if any of you happen to be from Canterbury and on the train up here today please join me in thanking our guests Jade Adams Sarah Milliken Helen Lederer and me and Hannah. Thank you very much.